Welcome to a nonfiction story cast about people in Seattle who built churches and how they did it. I'm Cindy Safranoff. I'm the author, and this is Dedication, building the Seattle branches of Mary Baker Eddy's church, a centennial story. Episode 15, Pastor Emeritus. On Monday, December 5th, 1910, it was in all the newspapers. Mary Baker Eddy is dead. This time, the Boston paparazzi reporters had not invented this news to sell newspapers or to goad the reclusive and extremely busy religious leader into doing an interview with them to prove otherwise. This time, she really had departed. The timing of her passing very late on a Saturday night made it impossible for the press to scoop the internal communication network of Eddie's organization. The Christian scientists in Boston were the first people outside of Eddie's household to know. They heard about it at their regular Sunday church service the next morning. The Seattle Star found it remarkable that only a brief announcement by the first reader was made. It becomes my duty to announce that Mrs. Eddy passed from our site last night at a quarter before 11 o'clock at her home on Chestnut Hill. Aside from this desk notice, it was an otherwise normal service. It was just as noteworthy to the Seattle Star that in Seattle there were no signs of mourning, no special services, no eulogies, not even a mention of Mrs. Eddy's passing was ever made at any of the local Christian science churches, according to the news report. It was only at churches of other denominations that any reference to Eddie's passing was made. And in each instance, the ministers bestowed a generous measure of credit and praise upon the aged leader. The Seattle Star used extra-large print for their headline, Mrs. Eddie passes with a large portrait. The drawing was not flattering, but the accompanying words of the article were, the star called her a remarkable woman and suggested that her accomplishments surpassed those of Martin Luther and other significant religious reformers. Among other tributes from the press, the Tacoma Times put the news of Eddie's passing on the front page, top and center, with the same large portrait and a long article. They described her as the founder of one of the great world religions, estimating the number of her followers in the United States alone at about one million. They grouped her with Christ, Mohammed, Buddha, and Joseph Smith. Likewise, the Spokane Press considered Eddie's passing front-page news. The Seattle Times, however, did not, apparently, deem Eddie's passing as very newsworthy. They relegated the news to page 12. The article was comparatively short and full of information with negative connotations, the type of focus typical of her harshest critics. The Seattle Times attributed her death in her 90th year to lack of medical attention. Perhaps editor-in-chief Alden J. Blethen received some complaints from readers because a few days later an editorial took a much different tone. Mary Baker Eddy is dead, and in her death one of the most interesting characters of modern times has passed away. 
even an unbeliever must pay tribute to the force and influence of this wonderful woman. There are those who scoff at her death, claiming that she taught the doctrine that there was no such thing as death, but it will be remembered that there have been those in all times who scoffed at those who could not verify in realism the theories of an ideal. This is not intended as a discussion of Christian science in any of its phases. We are treating of the woman herself rather than of anything which she taught or sought to teach. Christian science today is known all over the world, and it is safe to say that this fact is due almost entirely to the work of this wonderful woman who has finally succumbed to those human ailments which she denied so long and so strenuously that she was about ninety years of age before she lost the power longer to combat. There are at least only two or three persons in a century of the history of the world who have developed such a following as this aged woman commanded. Most women, in similar conditions, would have arrogated to themselves a sort of regal authority and royal splendor, but this woman lived simply and quietly, not in poverty, not in luxury, but in comfort. Her pleasures were few and her wants not many. Offered almost idolatry by some of her followers, she accepted little in the way of homage, and what she did accept she accepted rather as a vindication of her teachings than as a tribute to her personality. And yet it will be as a personality that at least the unbelieving world will remember her at the present. She was a wonderful woman. Even one of Eddie's harshest critics shared some surprising words of admiration with readers of the Seattle Times. Georgine Milmeen, who had recently done an exhaustive study of Eddie's life and published an extremely unflattering biography, wrote, Mrs. Eddie, in the space of half a lifetime, succeeded in establishing a new faith and a new church, besides acquiring great riches and worldly honors, and her powers increased to the end of her life. This, surely, is a new record in religious history. The Christian Science Community in Seattle made a public tribute in their own way while introducing a Christian Science lecturer at the Moore Theater on January 15, 1911, to an audience which taxed the seating capacity of the theater. William K. Sheldon of Fourth Church paid homage to the founder of Christian Science. Six weeks ago, there passed forever from mortal view a woman to the record of whose life work a record of unexampled, benevolent, beneficent achievement. There was paid such a tribute by the public press as has never been accorded to the work of any private individual at the close of an earthly career. And pulpits, which do not accept her system of theology, and individuals who do not accept her system of therapeutics, unite with the press in saying that this is a better world today because Mary Baker Eddy lived and labored and loved. And as the result of her discovery and of her labors, throughout the entire world today, unnumbered thousands rise up and call her blessed. Christian scientists in Seattle and everywhere were entering a new phase for their movement. 
Over many years, the Reverend Mary Baker Eddy had been preparing them for this. She had been giving her Boston church officials more and more responsibility and providing them less and less personal guidance, pointing them instead to her writings and encouraging them to follow her simple rules and guidelines and to not consult her. After the dedication of the Mother Church edifice in 1895, when she ordained the Bible and her textbook as impersonal pastor of the church worldwide, Reverend Mary Baker Eddy became Pastor Emeritus. At the next annual business meeting of the Mother Church on June 5, 1911, in the report from the Board of Directors, the clerk, John V. Didimore, emphasized the importance of continuing to follow their leader, Christian scientists have more to be grateful for than any other people, but their heritage will only be secure by their untiring vigilance. Let us remember that our church manual represents the inspired demonstration of Mrs. Eddy, that its bylaws are adequate to cover every need in the progress of our movement. And let us strive, whether we be church officers, practitioners, or lay members, to obey its provisions in spirit as well as in the letter, and maintain its integrity inviolate for the benefit of the ages to come. Bliss Knapp, the secretary of the Board of Lectureship, read telegrams from branch churches in the United States and three other continents. Members representing seven cities gave progress reports. Seattle, Washington was one of the featured cities, and Alan H. Armstrong gave the report. The mood of the meeting was characterized by confidence and encouragement. Christian scientists had every reason to be hopeful. The past year has recorded the greatest growth in the history of our church, Didamore announced, referring to the increase in church membership. Our board of lectureship is carrying the gospel of scientific Christianity into all parts of the world. That year alone, according to their report, approximately 700,000 people attended Christian science lectures. But what was most significant was the number of dedicated Christian scientists, Didamore explained. The prosperity of the Christian science movement, being dependent upon the healing of the sick and upon what Mrs. Eddy has described in Rudimental Divine Science, as its more emphatic purpose, the healing of sin, no better indication of our progress can be given than to note the increase in the number of persons devoting themselves solely to the practice of Christian science. At this time, there were more than 4,800 full-time practitioners of Christian science healing worldwide advertising in the Christian Science Journal. In Seattle alone, there were more than 50, and the number was continuing to increase rapidly. These full-time healers were often the ones serving as readers on the executive boards and on the building committees. Not long after Armstrong returned from Boston, the work began on the new building for First Church of Christ Scientists Seattle. On October 17, 1911, they laid their cornerstone. The edifice would be their Temple of Bedford Limestone, their tribute to God, to Jesus Christ, and to their leader, Mary Baker Eddy. Their use of the word temple conjured Eddy's spiritual interpretation of the biblical word temple, which included in her definition the superstructure of truth, the shrine of love, 
and also a material superstructure where mortals congregate for worship. As a forward step, building on their previous work, this project would be their superstructure. Although they could no longer consult Mary Baker Eddy by letter, telegraph, or personal visit, any time a church member had a question about how to proceed with church business, they had her writings to study and prayerfully ponder. She would always be their leader and their pastor emeritus. Thanks for listening to Dedication by me, Cindy Safranoff. All events and characters in this story are as true and accurate as the available sources. All opinions are mine. To support and learn more about this groundbreaking research project and read my writing, visit cindysafranoff.com.